0: Would you turn please to Ephesians 4. We've been on a a topic on Sunday mornings for some time now. That we're calling no place for the devil. No place for the devil. Now you just say the word devil and you lose some people. Right? They're like. Devil? Sounds like a fairy tale to him. But the same Bible that talks about God talks about an enemy. And it's true whether you believe it or not. It's real whether you acknowledge it or not. And the scripture in Ephesians 4 talks about this. He, he talks about Ephesians 4.22, put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man. Now you'll find this terminology keeps recurring about putting on, putting something on, like you would a coat or clothes put on the new man which after God's created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. And he goes on talking about not stealing that we looked at during the offering time, but uh, These are different ways that one would give place to the devil. Lying. Anger and rage. These kind of things. One of the biggest awarenesses that believers need to grow in is the reality of the spirit realm. Reality. God Is spirit. Angels are spirits. They're evil spirits. You are a spirit. You're not just a brain and a body. There's more to you than that. And what the biggest part of you cannot be seen under a microscope. Cannot be touched with a hand. Can't be seen with a physical eye. And this is where the evolutionists have it all wrong. Certainly, there's a lot of similarities between your body and the body of an animal. But there's more to you than a body. Your body is simply the uh, house that you live in while on this earth. And it shouldn't shock us That our bodies have similarities with other physical beings that came from the same manufacturer. (laughs) And it works. Circulatory systems work. Nervous systems work. Skeletal systems work. But there's much more to you than a body. And you're not just a brain. People ooh and ah over the brain, and it is a marvel. But people say, you know, isn't it amazing? These few pounds of gray matter, all of the science and literature and, and mankind has come out of it. did not. Amen. Are you kidding me? No. The brain is not the mind. The brain is a physical organ. Like your heart, like your lungs. And The brain is the physical organ that the mind expresses itself through. But your mind is spiritual. You can't touch your mind. If you touch your brain, you didn't touch your mind. You're looking at me right now through those two windows we call eyes. But there's something behind those eyes. There's something behind that brain. There's something on the inside of you You have been made in the likeness and image of God. He is a spirit. You are a spirit. You have a mind. You live in a body. Well, there are other spirits too. Angels are real. And evil spirits are real too. And for the child of God, there is absolutely nothing to be afraid of from the devil. Amen. Now if you're not a child of God, there is something to be afraid of. You're vulnerable. You're exposed. And sadly, if you don't know who you are, you can be exposed as a Christian too. But the scripture tells us that Jesus has defeated the enemy. He has stripped them. he has spoiled principalities and powers and brought them to naught. You know what naught is? Goose egg. Zero. <laughs> the devil ain't what he used to be. He's not. But some of the main way he functions is through deception. He is a liar and actually he fathered lying. Lying and deception is not a part of God's creation. It's a perversion that the devil inserted. The Bible said even the, you know, the devil was not created a devil. He was created an anointed angelic being. And the Bible said he was perfect in all his ways until iniquity was found in him. One reason there's no redemption for him, he wasn't tempted to do anything wrong. He used the good things that God put in him and perverted them and twisted them and became what he is. And so now he is the enemy of God. And he has spirits that work with him against God, against us. In Ephesians 6, if you'd look, is this in the scripture what we're talking about? Yes. Ephesians 6 and 10. He said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, this is not being strong in yourself. And this is not your might. This is something beyond you. I don't care how mentally strong you think you are, how physically strong you think you are, how much you think you can hold out and endure, you are beyond your ability so quick. And if you don't think so, you just haven't been pushed far enough yet. But you get to the end of your strength and ability so quick. But as a child of God, as a believer, greater is he that's inside you than he that's in the world. And so there is an unlimited source of strength and power and might available to us from the inside. And that's how we overcome and we keep winning and we go on and we make it all away and we're not destroyed and defeated. Is not because we're so amazing and strong. It's because we've learned how to tap in to he who is inside of us. said out loud, strong in the Lord, in the Lord. and in the, in the power of his might. Keep reading, verse 11. He said, put on, there's that phrase again, put on. That means if you don't take it and receive it, it won't be on. You won't have it. Put on the whole armor of God. Because if it was just automatically on and always on, he'd have just told you, it's on. He wouldn't tell you you need to do anything. But put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You've got to forget everything you ever saw or read from Hollywood or other stuff about demons. Most of it is absolutely a bunch of junk. They are nowhere near the monsters that have been created for film and all this kind of stuff. Most of that has nothing to do with reality. And yet they are real. And and it's not for us to try to delve into too much detail about them. And you certainly don't want to try to communicate with them. And that's what fortune telling, seances, all of this is. This is one of the reasons why reincarnation seems plausible, because there are people who know things about people who lived before them in the past that there's no way they could have known. But that does not mean that they're reincarnated. There is no such thing as reincarnation. This is the first time you've been here. And it's the only time you go through, thank the Lord. I don't want to go through again. How about you? I mean, that's a horrible belief. Absolutely horrible belief. That I might come back as a cow? A rabbit? No. I don't care who says it, I'm telling you. The Bible disagrees with this. And you got to make up your mind if you believe the Bible or not. If you don't believe the Bible, whew, you're going to believe anything. You can be all over the place. But the reason why reincarnation seems plausible is because people do know some of these things. But it's not because they were them. It's because those spirits have been here. Generation after generation after generation. The same spirits that were here in Jesus' day. They're still here. The same spirits that were here centuries and centuries ago. They're still here. And one word for some of these is familiar spirits. That means they're familiar with these people. They knew intimate things about them because they yielded to them. And if you listen to them, they can communicate some of that to you. But you were not a born in a previous life. That spirit was there. And you should not be listening to it. You should rebuke it. Command it to leave you. And not listen to any voices. Thoughts matter. I said thoughts matter. And you don't want to be uh, dabbling with things that give wrong spirits access to you. You never want to be a part of a seance. Or play with a Ouija board. Or call some psychic hotline. If you do, you're just opening the door for the enemy to trick you. And the danger is that you could have something happen that's real. And it's spiritual. But it ain't God. How many have read enough of the word to know he forbid his people? To do these things, he absolutely forbade it. So, and why would you go to lying spirits when you got the spirit of truth living on the inside of you 24 7? No, these things are real, but the child of God has nothing to be afraid of when you find out who you are and what you have. We've got armor. We've got protection against all these wiles of the enemy. That's what I was talking about, getting to. You don't want to imagine what they might look like or their origin or all that. There's a lot of that stuff you're not going to know. You don't need to know. Don't read the books on a cult. Just so I think I might find. Everything you need to know about dealing with the enemy is in this book. The other stuff can trick you, lead you astray. Sow thoughts in your mind that are lies and about half-truths, and get you off. Don't do it. Don't play with it. The thing that we're to be aware of are the, the trickery of the enemy. The wiles of the devil is what we're warned about. How tricky he is. His lies. That's the thing we should be on guard against all the time. Let's read more about this armor. Take, he said, put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 13, skip to that. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Now that makes perfect sense if one of the main weapons of the enemy is deception and lies, what's going to protect me from that? The truth. But the truth that you know, if we're ignorant of the word of truth, we're easily tricked and deceived because we don't have anything to compare what we're hearing to. So you need to feed on some word. Do you? Like everybody at Faith Life Church. Raise their chapter Monday through Friday. If you don't know about that, find out about it. And if you fell off the wagon, get back on the wagon. I said, well, I don't know if I can catch I didn't say you had to catch up everything, but don't just quit. Join with us and uh, get your chapter in. Some of these chapters, especially in the uh, especially New Testament, are so short. How long do they take you? I Man, if you had not got time to do that, whew, priorities are not right. He said... Uh, your loins girt about with truth. So this uh, is the belt of truth. It encircles the whole midsection. And truth is the anchor for the other things too because the, the, the belt is what the sword hung on. It's what the breastplate attached to. It's what the leg coverings attached to on the bottom. How many can see everything's attached to the truth? The truth is the foundation. And uh, he went on to say that obviously protects us from lies and deception and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now this is not a literal physical breastplate, but all of its graphic and depicting, the breastplate protected the the vital organs, your heart, your lungs, and and all of that, and uh, Righteousness protects your heart. How so? Well, what would righteousness protect you from? Unrighteousness. Another word for that is guilt, shame, condemnation. Will the enemy try to lie to you? Do you need to be girded up with truth real good so that those lies don't fool you? Will the enemy try to condemn you? And bring up your past mistakes and and your shortcomings and your failures. And and will that have any effect on your faith and your walk with God? You you get condemned enough, you'll lose your joy, you'll lose your peace, you'll get depressed. Well, what does that mean? It meant that the, the weapon of the enemy penetrated you. Spiritual things are real. And when people collapse emotionally, that means something got them. We're going to see that more clear today. But what will protect me from feeling guilty, from being ashamed, being so embarrassed I can't leave the house? What, what will protect me from that? Jesus. Hung on the cross, the, the cross is not a pretty place the cross was the electric chair of its day it was the gas chamber of its day it was for the worst of the worst criminals to be executed and Jesus was hung out there in front of all the world to see in front of all the religious leaders and demons were mocking him and everything else why? why did he put up with that? he did it for you He did it for me. The chastisement of our peace was on him. He became sin with our sin and was judged for it and hung out there in front of everybody. Why? So you and I wouldn't have to be exposed and hung out. So you better grab that righteousness breastplate and pull it on to yourself and not hesitate to say, I have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. I refuse to yield to guilt and shame and condemnation because I've been forgiven. I've been washed. I've been cleansed and I he has given me his own righteousness. How many believe that's acceptable before the Father God? When he looks at Jesus' righteousness, it is not subpar. It is perfect, perfection, completely right in God's eyes. And if I put it on, that's what God sees when He looks at me. Woohoo! He sees me right, clean, just. Not that I achieved it or earned it. The Lord gave us His breastplate of righteousness and said, Here, put this on. So you'll be protected. And if you're dumb and religious, you'll go, "Oh, I can't, I can't. I'm so unworthy. I'm so..." Exactly. That's why He gave it to you. Put it on. Somebody say, "Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Put it on." Put it on and don't take it off. And if you see, for some reason, the enemy tricked you, and you're laying there feeling sorry for yourself, crying and ashamed, you got to realize. What did I do with my breastplate? Amen. What did I do? It Grab it. Is that right? Grab it. Yeah. And didn't he keep saying, put it, put it on. Put it on. Put it on. Put on truth. Put on righteousness. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. The third one we saw, verse 15, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. And one thing I think it's easy to to, to run by on this is that the the protection is the preparation of the gospel of peace. Uh, Other translations say readiness. Scripture tells us that we should be ready to give anybody an answer of the reason of hope we have in us. We should be ready to tell anybody anywhere the good news about Jesus and that's on your feet your feet take you places is that right and as i encounter people in daily life and walk i need to be ready everybody say ready 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 i need to be ready ready not ashamed not embarrassed not getting ready 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 to do what Tell about how the Lord saved me. Tell about how the Lord's been so good. Tell about what the Lord has done for you. You are a living witness. You were there. You saw it. You experienced it. The good news of peace. We talked about that. And today we're down to this one. Above all, now that's a phrase, above all. Not that the others aren't important. But he said taking the shield of faith. You can begin to see why he would say above all. Because this same word translated shield comes from the word door. And it's a, an oblong door sized shield. It's a big shield that protects the entire body. So if you happen to leave home too quick without your righteousness played on if you just stay behind faith can you see it? the lord will help you till you get the other sorted out <laughs> why above all because no matter what is going on the answer for dealing with everything is trust god True or not? I don't care what's happening. The answer is trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. And there will always be things you don't understand, things you don't know why, and then you don't know how you're going to get out of this or do this. But you don't have to know these things to have faith, you don't have to have any understanding. Of the solution to the situation. To have faith. You just know who you're looking to. I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded. He's able. To keep me. Immediately. When I see a situation. I need to make sure I got my shield. When I see something trying to to attack me, something trying to hurt me, something trying to bother me, I need to make sure that my faith is not laying over here on the side somewhere. I need to pick it up and get it in front of me. What does that mean? It means I am trusting the Lord will show me whatever I need to see. He will give me whatever I need to get. He will give me favor. He will give me connect- I don't have to know it all. I know him. And he will get me from where I am. To where I need to be. Confident. Full persuasion. Not this well. We hope so. We'll see. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. You don't have your faith up. That's not faith. Your faith is laying over on the side. Now what does this faith protect us from? Read the rest of the, the verse. Above all. Taking the shield of faith. Man, this is, you're going to see this as we go a little further, but faith is a cover. It's a shield. It'd be like a force field that you would see in a sci-fi show or something. You know, God's had uh, force fields before there was a TV. You ever read what happened to the children of Israel in the land of Goshen? While all those plagues were ripping through Egypt, they would come to the border of the land of Goshen and stop. Well, that's not a wall. That's like a state line, (laughs) like Florida, Georgia, or something like that. It's just a line. You're here in Goshen, here you're not. But if you go back and read it sometime. Disease, plague, terrible weather, it would come rushing through Egypt and it would hit something Amen. when it got to the land where God's people were. And it, it didn't cross. And none of it happened over there. And it's, it's invisible. Can God still do that kind of thing today? You know He can. And He does. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now this is not literal, this is not physical, and yet it paints a picture of exactly how it is in the spirit. The enemy fires at you. Fiery darts of the wicked. That word wicked can also be translated evil. Fiery is fire, burning. A dart would be like a uh, an arrow is a dart. A spear is some kind of projectile, some kind of a missile. Things are real in the spirit. So what would a fiery dart B, what would it look like? What would it sound like? Would you recognize it? Before we go any further, what will keep it off of you? The shield, not a literal physical shield, but faith. Faith will prevent it from piercing you. The enemy is always trying to pierce you with these fiery darts. Let, let me read some uh, scriptures to you about this. If you look back in the. Uh, well. They'll put them on the screen for us. Proverbs 12. And 18. 12.18 Proverbs says. There is that speaks. Like the piercings. Of a sword. But the tongue of the wise. Is health. In Psalm 64, verse uh, 2, well, verse 1, Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. Preserve my life from the fear of the enemy. Hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who whet their tongue like a sword, and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words. This is what we need to understand. In the Spirit... Words are weapons. Say it out loud. Words Words. are weapons. weapons. And they're real. If you let it, a Spirit-inspired, and I didn't say Holy Spirit-inspired. A Spirit-inspired word can penetrate you and hurt you to your core. And cause all your confidence to bleed out. That you are just a victim mentality, hapless, helpless mess. And what we haven't understood people know this is happening. You don't have to look far, you know it's happening. People are injured, they are hurt spiritually. And mentally and emotionally, and just stopped and quit and give up. A lot of times, their relationships are destroyed. They lose their job. They lose something they built up because they become so hopeless. And what happened? They let something get in them, they let something hit them and penetrate them. And pierce them. And oh if they had only known. I said if they had only known. And would have been a believer. They could have raised faith up. And the thing that just guts other people. Would have just bounced right off. Words are arrows and swords. Have you seen the book of Revelation? Revelation how the Lord himself is going to defeat all his enemies once and for all. You and I are going to be there, robed in white righteousness. Hallelujah. And with him prepared for battle. And the Bible said, out of his mouth goes a sharp, two-edged sword. This is not figurative. This is not imaginative. This is one thing we got. We got to get mind renewal. Spirit is real. It's just as real as this, and lasts far longer. This is temporary. But out of his mouth goes his words, and his words will mow them down. Well, the enemy is not God. He's nothing close. But he observed God and he knows how this works. And so he's trying to hurt you with words. Fiery words. Words that deceive. Words that confuse. Words that rob. Tell me what will protect you from these things. Let me just give you a couple examples. If you could see in the Spirit and hear in the Spirit, you'd hear something coming. You'd hear a string let loose and a flame. And you'd hear it before it gets to you. What's it saying? I can't make it. I can't make it. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to make it. Tell me me how I can be safe from that. If I let that hit me, and I let that pierce me, and I let that go into me, and I think on that, and meditate that, and talk that for the next month, and I become completely convinced that I ain't going to make it, what will happen? I won't make it. But it's not because God couldn't help me. You won't make it. You can't make it. You won't make it. Tell me how to deal with this. Come on, help me out. Help me out. Oh, yes, I will. Oh, yes, I will. And make sure you duck your head, too. Oh, yes, I will. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can you hear faith in that? Can you hear faith in that? Then if you respond in faith, the next thing you hear will be dink. That right. fiery dart just ricocheted off. It can't hurt you if it can't get in you. Amen. It can't get in you if it can't get to you. Right. Amen. Faith protects you from being pierced by evil words. You'll never be able to pay this. There's no way, not with everything that's going on. You'll never be able to pay this. So people have not understood. This is not just a random thought. The enemy shot this at you, and he knows he he has his imps follow you around, listen to you, and try to tailor these arrows for you of what will. Cut you to the core or hurt you the most or the worst. He's evil. And he wants you to just lay your faith down and feel sorry for yourself and become the devil's pincushion. Full of fiery darts. So pitiful, so defeated, so hopeless, so helpless. Say that out loud, I am not a victim. I'm a victorious child of God. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer by the greater one in me. Just saying that, if you really meant it, you picked up faith. Just saying that. Just now, if you meant that, you had faith in front of you right now. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, Glory to God. Glory to God. God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Mm-mm-mm. The great, big, door-size, impenetrable Amen. shield of faith. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There are numerous other of these scriptures that talk about this. It says, uh, Jeremiah 9, 8 says, their tongue is like an arrow that's shot out, and it speaks deceit. The wicked, Psalm 11, verse 1 and 2, said, the wicked bend their bow, they make ready their arrow on the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. The, the NIV says, they shoot from the shadows, the wicked shoot from the shadows at the upright in heart. We even use that terminology. Cheap shots. Taking shots at somebody. This is real. The enemy, in the spirit, this is really going on. And if you don't have something to protect you, it'll pierce you. Look with me in 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, please. 1 Timothy 6. You know, Proverbs talked about this, it guard your heart with all that you guard or keep because out of it are the issues of life. Lord, help me to say this, right? You, you know, some things we we learn as we go. Phyllis and I have learned this and people might not understand, but there's certain things if I start to hear it and I can tell the enemy's trying to hurt me with that, I cut it off just like that. I won't listen to it anymore. If you insist on talking to I'll get away from you. Why? Because I know these things are real. I have to protect my heart or else it's going to interfere with my faith. I can't listen to the problem all the time and stay strong in faith. I can't listen to the things that the enemy is trying to pierce me with and hurt. And, and sadly, so many people, they don't know. They'll just say anything that crosses their mind. And so the enemy's actually got them holding the bow for him while he loads the arrow in their mouth. And all of us have made mistakes, but let's watch and make sure we don't let the enemy use our mouths to fire some of his junk. Don't say everything that crosses your mind. Don't say everything you think. Come on, we know this, right? Help your neighbor. Help your neighbor. Say, don't say everything you think. Surely we know this, right? You don't say everything you see. You don't say everything you know. You certainly don't say everything that crosses your mind. The enemy is firing fiery darts evil things to pierce and hurt. But the Lord would have us. Proverbs talked about there is that speaks healing and health. Hallelujah. Ephesians talks about that which is good to the use of edifying and building up. If we'll choose our words properly, just like something is real in the spirit coming in a bad way, something good can be released and affect people. You don't want to block that. You want to receive that. 1 Timothy 6 and 9. He said, They that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. He's not talking about You're willing to be. He's talking about you long for it. You lust after being rich. You dream of being rich apart from God. Verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some have coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. When you get to wanting something more than you want God. And you, you long after it. And spend all your time thinking about that. You may not have realized it. But you have laid aside your faith. And in your pursuit. Of things that's other than God. Different from God. Different from his plan for your life. You'll get pierced with many sorrows. Spiritual things are real. Regrets. You could have been over here doing this, but you were so fixated on this thing or this money that you had no time for church, you had no time for ministry, you had no time even for your family. Well, that's how you wake up in 30 years and realize everybody's gone and opportunities were missed. You understand what I'm talking about? And pierced through with sorrows. And people will say, well, I, I have to do this to provide for my, I have to do. No, you are not the provider. We talked about that earlier. You're supposed to work, but you're not supposed to take the care of yourself and everybody else on your shoulders and be driven and just chase that and pursue that because it'll rob you. And then later you'll be pierced. Faith will say God supplies my needs. I don't have to work five jobs. I don't have to stay gone all the time. The Lord will do something to work this out without me taking on the position of the provider and without me. Now, you do your part. We talked about that earlier, but you don't take the responsibility for people's, your family's needs being met all on your shoulders. That's too big for you. You need to be able to have some faith that even if you weren't able to do what you're doing, God would still take care of your family. It's not all based on you. But can you see, these are believers he's talking about, but they got caught up in chasing money and stuff, and without realizing it, they laid their faith aside and chased that. And because of that, they're now vulnerable and exposed, and they wind up later in life, sorrow, regret, and in the spirit, if you could see arrows sticking out that could have been prevented by faith. No, it's not a literal physical shield, but it's real. And it's something you and I, by choice, take to ourselves. And anytime something's coming against you and it's fiery, these things are real. They can be so pushy and the enemy's trying to influence you and persuade you of, of failure and loss. You just have somebody go home to be with the Lord. You'll hear believers say, I I can't make it without him. I don't know how I'm going to make Never say that. You are not alone. Somebody's with you. You didn't think all of us going to live down here forever, do you? People how many believe in to live a long time? With a long, long life. You're going to go to a lot of funerals. Oh, yeah. If you do. Because you're going to outlive a lot of people. And if everybody that's a friend or family or somebody close to you. If it guts you when they leave and you can't function. It's going to be misery living long. No. We don't sorrow like those who have no hope. And when the enemy because we all got emotions, we all got a heart and if you're close to somebody and they go to home to be with the Lord before you do, you'll feel it. But when you hear choom and you hear it coming you can't make it without them. You can't make it without them. You can't make it. Come on, help me out, help me out. What are you waiting on? (laughs) What What do you say? Yes, I can. In the name of Jesus, I will run my race. I will finish my course with joy, joy. not depression, with joy. Most of these cases, we know where they are. We didn't lose them. They just relocated, right? And we'll see them soon. Until then, I got something to do. And it's going to take faith to do it. And I can't be sitting around with arrows sticking out. Feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> get your faith up. Come on, get your faith up. Get your faith up. Get your faith up. Yes, sir. Something starts trying to pierce you. Starts trying to fly towards you. Pick your faith up. And we having that same spirit of faith. As it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe. And therefore We speak. These things are real. And here's what's wonderful. I don't remember in the past 40 years of having a bout of depression. Me, I'm talking about. Could you have had? Oh, sure. (laughs) Have you had any things to deal with? Are you kidding You step out to do something for the Lord. You think he's not going to fire some shots at you? Were there some things that would have been close to your heart or could have hurt you? Yes, but if I lay my faith down, I let this pierce me and I collapse, I'm no good to you. I said I'm no good to you. And what good does that do anybody? Why expose myself? That's not being smart. That's not being brave. That's being lazy. If you can recognize it, and you can with the Lord's help, things that come, and just the very, if you listen, you'll get quick at identifying it. Just the feel of it is evil, just the feel of it is depressing. Come on, tell me what you do. Right now, right now. You get that faith up and you say, oh no, no, no. I resist that in Jesus' name. That will not pierce me. That will not get in me. Jesus said in John 14, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Is that possible? Is it possible? It's a choice, isn't it? You'll have to resist thoughts and feelings, but you can go day after day, week after week. You can go year after year with no bouts of depression. You can. I've done it. Many have done it. But man, when you hear something whistling through the air, (laughs) huh? Something trying to condemn you, you better know where your righteousness is, right? Okay, I got it on. Something trying to lie to you, you better know where your truth is. Is that right? Huh? Better know where your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. You better know where your shield of faith is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we still got more to talk about. We got the helmet of salvation. We got the sword of the spirit i am looking forward to that now. You, it's one thing to be protected, but now you're talking about causing the enemy some serious damage. Is that right? Woo! This is not all defensive. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church.